Thank you for listening to the Lake Murray Baptist Church podcast. Lake Murray Baptist Church is a Southern Baptist church located in Lexington, South Carolina. My name is David Sons, and I serve as the family and discipleship pastor here at the church, as well as the host of this podcast. Our hope is that this podcast would be a resource for our members who are seeking to live out their faith in Jesus Christ in their everyday lives. We want to use this platform to exalt Jesus and equip the members of Lake Murray to be the church where they live, work, and play. Welcome to this episode of the Lake Murray Baptist Podcast. Thank you for listening. Our guest today is Dr. Don Whitney. Dr. Whitney is a professor of biblical spirituality and the associate dean of the School of Theology at the Southern Baptist Seminary in Louisville, Kentucky. He is also the author of a number of books, including Praying the Bible, Family Worship, and the book we'll spend most of our time talking about today, Spiritual Disciplines for the Christian Life. Dr. Whitney, welcome to the program. Thank you for joining us. It's great to be with you, David. Dr. Whitney, a few months ago, our church walked through a sermon series on Christian formation, uh, primarily through the practice of spiritual disciplines. And one of the books that our pastors have been shaped by and that we recommended to our congregation was your book, Spiritual Disciplines for the Christian Life. And so I wonder, at the beginning of this, can you talk a little bit about what led you to write a book on spiritual disciplines? Well, it's a long story that I'll try not to uh, let become uh, too long. Um, I grew up in a church that used Southern Baptist Church that used the old um, offering envelopes with the like eight point record system on there. And when you were born, your family was given a box of envelopes, you know, and literally. And um, so every Sunday, you know, all my life turned in this offering envelope in Sunday school and it had these check boxes. Uh, you know, you got like 10% if you came to Sunday school. Then if you brought an offering, that was another 10 or 15%. If you're staying for worship, that's another 10 or 15%. And if you read your Bible, if you had a box there, did you read your Bible every day? And so I just grew up with that. And uh, my dad was a daily Bible reader modeling that for me. So that was very, very important. And so I, that was the air I breathed. I just didn't know anything else. I knew every person in our church every Sunday was being asked, did you read your Bible every day this week? And I don't remember, but I was told that I started reading when I was pretty young, like four <clears throat> or something. And with this background and with we were given Sunday school literature once a quarter and in the back of it, it had the daily Bible readings for the quarter. So, I mean, just we were constantly being reminded to read your Bible every day. So, David, I literally do not remember not reading the Bible every day. Hmm. So uh, I grew, just grew up with that. And uh, so and my dad modeled that for me. So that was just, you know, every Sunday, every church member was asked this. That, that was what I grew up with. So then fast forward, I go to college. And for the first time in my life, I went to a Christian bookstore. And the first Christian book I ever read in my life was a little book on prayer. Then um, when I was um, in college and in law school for a year, I was influenced by some guys who were very uh, strong on these things. Then um, I was just always drawn toward kind of the practical side of it. How, you know, how do you do these things? And then after I finished seminary, one of the first books I read was the biography of Dawson Trotman, founder of the Navigators. 
And I was in a situation pastorally where I didn't have a lot of fellowship. And so there was a free loan cassette library back, back in the day. And I would every week, that's kind of how I fed my own soul. Um, I would get uh, usually uh, four tapes from uh, these old school navigators on how to have a quiet time, how to memorize scripture, how, how to do this and how to do that. And it was all very pragmatic and very practical. So I've just always had that bent in terms of, well, how do you do these things? And then one last piece of the puzzle here. I remember standing in the checkout line at the bookstore in seminary my last semester, and I could see the the new releases over there. And one of them, a maroon cover, a very strange title, Celebration of Discipline, uh, a book that, that helped me greatly that I really can't recommend to a lot of people now because of some of the influences in that book. But nevertheless, there were a lot of very good things that helped me at the time. And for the first time in my life, I was taught the phrase spiritual disciplines. And I began to think of a lot of these practices I had grown up with as spiritual disciplines and and as a group. And so all these things began to come together. And so I was just always, when it came to the Christian life, okay, here's the imperative in scripture. And my response was, okay, how how do I do that? I want to do that, but how do I obey it? Or just tell me to obey. How do I obey? Yeah. So uh, then finally, uh, in some of my doctoral work in Chicago, uh, maybe the best class I ever took was on the spiritual and intellectual development of the pastor. And one of my projects for that was a sermon series on the spiritual disciplines. And those became the skeletal outlines of the chapters for spiritual disciplines for the Christian life. And I submitted this idea to NAV Press, and I submitted it to them because we had some friends who were navigators, and she introduced me to her editor. So I submitted it to them, and lo and behold, they decided to publish it. Hmm. And so that's how I ended up with NAV Press. That's how the book began. And so um, there's the long answer to your story. Sorry to make it so long. But. No, that's a great, a great answer and great insight into how all of it kind of came together uh, for you from a very early age all the way yeah. up and through, through your, your doctoral work. Um, in the book, you define spiritual disciplines, and, and I'll read your definition. I think that words matter, and, and I think you give a very good definition. In the book, you define spiritual disciplines as those personal and interpersonal activities given by God in the Bible as sufficient means believers in Jesus Christ are to use in the spirit-filled, gospel-driven pursuit of godliness that is closeness to Christ and conformity to Christ. And I find this to be a very helpful and robust definition and then you've talked about the skeleton of the book. I think you give your readers 10 different examples of spiritual disciplines throughout the book, all of which are extremely valuable to Christian formation. But, but would you say, though, that there are primary spiritual disciplines or certain disciplines from which all the other disciplines flow? Yeah, absolutely. And they're the first ones in the book. And those are the intake of the Word of God and prayer. And all the other disciplines really flow out of those. And those two give quality control to all the other disciplines. So I think I can make a biblical case for all the disciplines in the book. And in spiritual disciplines for the Christian life, we are talking about personal spiritual disciplines, those who practice alone. Though in the definition, I do talk about the interpersonal 
spiritual disciplines, those we practice with other believers. So right now we're talking about your personal intake of the Word of God, but it's also important to have the congregational intake and hear the Word read and preached, studied with the church. Absolutely. Personal spiritual disciplines. Yeah, and the primary ones would be the intake of the Word of God in prayer. And while I can make a case for the other personal spiritual disciplines in the book, all of them grow out of and should be controlled by the intake of the Word and, and prayer. And under Bible intake, I, I mentioned that kind of broad term because that includes hearing, reading, studying, memorizing, meditating on, and applying the Word of God. Of all those sort of sub-disciplines, if you will, under Bible intake. And sometimes when people are studying my book, as your church did, or when we're talking about spiritual disciplines, some people almost in exasperation exclaim, you know, it seems like every time I come to church, they're telling me, read your Bible and pray, read your Bible and pray. Could you talk about something different for a change in terms of spiritual disciplines, something a little more uh, exotic, you know, like silence and solitude or fasting or journaling? And I'm happy to do that because I think I can support them biblically. But I say to people, if you're not in the word and praying, forget journaling, forget fasting. Um, So if you're hearing this and you're studying the disciplines or you're leading a study on it, don't let people continue beyond the intake of the word and prayer if they're not doing that. Those are, are the most organically connected to the gospel, if I may put it that way. For example, with prayer, we're told that, uh, you know, we, we believe we're, we're given the Holy Spirit and the Spirit causes us to cry out, Abba, Father. In other words, this, this new heavenward orientation, this new fatherward orientation. In other words, all those born again really want to pray. So the discipline of prayer is organically connected to believing the gospel. Can't say that about most of the other disciplines. Mm-hmm. So the intake of the word in prayer are the primary personal spiritualism. I found the Bible intake to be incredibly helpful because I think a lot of times we had phrased it, or I think even in my own personal life, phrase it as, as just reading the Bible. And there is so much more happening with Bible intake than just simply reading the scriptures. Uh, and I, I so appreciated that, uh, the, 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 as you said, kind of the subheadings inside of Bible intake to kind of help us to see that it's not just kind of reading the scriptures, but actually meditating on the scriptures, studying the scriptures, and even applying the scriptures to our daily life uh, that makes Bible intake such an important and valuable uh, foundational spiritual discipline. Yeah, and of those five, um, two emphases I would make. First, in terms of Bible reading, I would encourage people, whether they take a year or three years, uh, an organized plan of reading through the whole Bible on a regular basis. Jesus said, uh, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word, right? That proceeds from the mouth of God. How are you going to live by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God? If you've never even read every word. Mm. So this is where, again, my childhood Sunday school served me well in this, uh, giving me these daily Bible readings that over time would, would amount to reading through the whole Bible. So if people watching or listening to this, if, if they don't know where to go to, to look to you, to look to the church who can give them Bible reading plans, give them apps that help you develop your own. I was uh, talking with Mrs. Uh, Albert Moeller yesterday who showed me the app she uses to develop her own uh, Bible reading plan that can take you through the Bible in whatever period of time you want. 
you can alternate Old and New Testament. You can make it a you know a six month plan, a one year plan, a two year plan, but just systematically read through the whole Bible, as opposed to just thumbing through the Bible, letting it fall open. But even more importantly, uh, and, and I could literally and have talked for hours about this. I think the single greatest devotional need of most Christians, even those who are daily Bible readers, is meditation mm. on Scripture. Yeah, and if it were within my power to change the devotional life of every Christian on the planet, it would be right here, meditation on Scripture. And people say, well, that sounds great, but two problems. Number one, I don't know how to do it. Number two, I I don't have time. You don't get it. I read the Bible every day, but I I just can't do more than that. Ten minutes is the best I can do. Well, I do get that. If you only have ten minutes, don't read for ten minutes. Read for five minutes and meditate for five minutes. For it's far better to read less, if necessary, and remember something that you can take with you through the day than to read more and remember nothing. So how do you do it? Well, in in my book that we're talking about here, I I have 17 different ways to meditate on Scripture that anybody can do. Nobody should have to go to seminary to learn how to meditate on Scripture. It's, It's fundamental. And I've come up with another half dozen or so since I put the book out in 2014. So uh, meditation is easy. People do it all the time anyway, perhaps without realizing what they're doing. They may not be meditating on scripture, but anybody can do it. There's not just one way to do it. That's why I mentioned 17. And I think that would be the one thing I could change uh, for those watching and listening to this in their devotional life would be meditation on scripture. One of the things you mentioned was common responses to talking about spiritual disciplines, Bible intake, but but really any of the spiritual disciplines is kind of lack of time. I've only got 10 minutes. I've only got 15 minutes. And, yeah. and we're living now in this kind of unique period of history where many of us have gone from living a busy, kind of frantic pace to now most folks' lives have been forced to significantly slow down and will probably be this way for the foreseeable future. And so do you see this season as an opportunity for folks to grow in their practice of the spiritual disciplines? And if so, how might you encourage Christians to use this season to practice or grow in a specific discipline? Well, sure. If it doesn't happen now, when is it going to happen? Because we're forced to stay home. We're forced to um, have a lot more time, uh, well, either at home or alone, uh, we may be at home, but with you know a lot of kids running around. But the point is, we don't have to commute, and we're able to just handle those things that we touch to do our personal spiritual disciplines. Now, a lot of people may be saying, "Well, boy, you know, I'm busier than ever." And frankly, I, I've been saying that. Uh, I tweeted this week that my life used to, I used to plan my day around the terms AM and PM. Now I generally plan my day around AZ and PZ. In other words, what I do before I make Zoom calls, what I do after <laughs> a Zoom yeah. calls like this. Right. And in uh, and, and some cases, the adjustment to Zoom, the demands I'm getting for Zoom calls, the emails related to all that, it seems to total up to almost I'm busier than, uh, than before, it seems. But nevertheless, even though that, that may be true, that's not true for a lot of people, uh, many of whom unfortunately have, have lost their jobs are because of the current crisis. And this 
it has to do with intentionality, doesn't it? There's a reason we call it discipline. You, you, you don't coast into Christ-likeness. And Christ-likeness is necess- necessitates discipline. That's one of the theme verse for the book is 1 Timothy 4, 7. Discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness. If your goal is godliness, Christ-likeness, holiness, and it is if you're dwelled by the Holy Spirit, the Holy right. Spirit makes holiness a desire of yours. Well, how do you pursue that? Well, we don't just sit back passively and say, well, when the Lord wants me to be holy, he'll zap me with holiness. No, there are things he has commanded us to do, and they're called the spiritual disciplines. Discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness. And the practical ways we obey that command have been called, that's why they're called spiritual disciplines. You discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness. Obviously, it's not physical discipline. Otherwise, bodybuilders would be the godliest people on earth. It's spiritual discipline that promotes godliness. Now, it's not mechanical. That was the error of the Pharisees. They thought if they just checked certain boxes, read my Bible today, prayed, tithed, fast, okay, I'm godly. And Jesus said, no, you're the epitome of ungodliness. Mm. It's because they missed the motivation, the heart, the purpose. So he commended them for their discipline in another place. But he said, you know, this people honors me with their lips, but their hearts are far away. Well, we should honor him with our lips, shouldn't we, David? I mean, that, yeah. that's right. That's a good thing. The Bible commands us thing, to honor right? him with our lips. But the heart is an equally important part of that. So back to answer your question, this is a time we must discipline ourselves, take advantage of what, what all these negative things you ask, okay, what does this make possible? I, this makes a lot of things impossible for me now, but what does it make possible? And for most of us, it makes possible uh, a little more discipline in the personal spiritual discipline. So answer the question, yes, this is a time that one of our, our goals needs to be to become more engaged in the personal spiritual disciplines for the purpose of becoming like Jesus and experiencing him through these disciplines. That's such a good answer and reminder, I think, of how to use this season well for uh, growing in godliness, ultimately. And uh, I think, as I mentioned at the beginning of this interview, Dr. Whitney, and we'll, we'll draw things to a close here, I've been very personally helped and shaped by this book and my own thinking and practicing of the spiritual disciplines. Um, this book is a few years old now. I, I think the per- first publishing was in 1991, and then it was yes. republished Revised in 2014. And, yes. Mm-hmm. And so looking back at the book now, some almost 30 years later, what do you hope the legacy of this book becomes or is? Well, that it was used by God to promote godliness. Mm. It was used by God to help people practice the biblical spiritual disciplines that God has given us by which we experience him and are conformed into Christ's likeness. Yeah. Well, it certainly has been in, in my own life, and I know many of our congregation have been helped by it as well. And so thank you for, for writing it. Thank you for your emphasis on spiritual disciplines. And if you're listening, Spiritual Disciplines for the Christian Life is available online at all the popular retailers, including Amazon Lifeway or wherever you buy your books. You can also find the book and more resources from Dr. Whitney at his website, biblicalspirituality.com. Dr. Whitney. No, dot org. Dot org. I apologize. Yeah. Dot biblicalspirituality.org. Uh, Dr. Whitney, thank you for taking the time to join us today on the podcast. I've enjoyed our conversation and know that our listeners will be blessed by your insight. You're very welcome, David. Thank you. 
And a special thank you to you, the members of Lake Mary Baptist Church, and to all of our listeners. Remember, this podcast and the other ministries of Lake Mary Baptist Church are brought to you by the generous tithes and offerings of our church membership. To give to the ministries of Lake Mary Baptist Church, you can follow the link in the description. For more information about Lake Murray Baptist Church, you can always visit our church website, www.lakemurraybc.org. Remember to subscribe to this podcast. By subscribing, you'll be notified whenever a new pod is posted. We hope that you'll join us again next time as we seek to live in light of the gospel in the places where God has placed us for his glory, our joy, and others' good.